Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Tingles Podcast. For full versions of the songs featured on this show, please find a link in the liner notes to our Tingles episode Spotify playlist, where all the tracks are featured in order of their appearance. Welcome, everybody. This is The Tingles, and we've got a special guest tonight here with us. We've got Matt Charlton back in the hot seat picking some Tingle songs for us. Matt, welcome back to The Tingles. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. Last time you were here, you threw us all for a loop with your selection. It was a clean sweep. I think you had four songs that were highly rated by the the panel, which is a real panel of experts here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matt, beginner's luck, maybe. Swept yeah. the categories last time. Yeah, I think we, we even actually gave him a thumbs up on 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 a hip hop song. I really, yeah, that was uh, unexpected. I wanted to give it a shot, and it was great feedback. But we pushed it all the way through. Perfect record so far. A perfect record. I perfect mean, record. How can it last? I mean, I know you've got you've got a lot of music in your satchel that you're bringing to the table. But but the there's got to be a full. breakdown. There's got to be a breakdown. No, it can't all be good all the time and we're going to find the gaps tonight we're going to well, find the, the issue is going to be that your playlist bob is going to be the same as matt's i have to re <laughs> i have to reassemble my playlist so that you've got nothing to do with any of it fly free bob fly free <laughs> uh, man all this time all this time i th- you know until i had you on the show i was like oh yeah matt would be a good first guest and then i realized it's just crumbled my credibility completely <laughs> So I've, I've changed the theme of the show. I've changed the entire goal of the show it is no longer for me to show all the great songs that I have. It's to collect the great songs that other people have. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a point, Mike, where I'm actually only playing one song. And that would be That's right. Because I want to judge everybody else and I want to take their songs and use them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you guys aren't around, yeah. be like, hey, hey you everybody. guys want to listen to music with me? Check this out. <laughs> yeah. Bob's got the greatest taste. This this is an ABBA song from 1979. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm just, a big ABBA fan. Just, just pulling out all the same shit that you guys have done <laughs> yeah. the show. Are we doing the same format as last time? We've got but three songs from each of us with the final 10th song going to the winner. Of the voting. Yeah, that's right. I, so I Mike, like it. Mike, I just want to remind you, in previous episodes, you know, you've had some pretty big duds, in my view. And you wouldn't... Oh you, yeah. you wouldn't... You I, wish I don't want to bring that up it. again, Mike. About yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I didn't want to, I'm looking for good songs for myself, I, like we just reviewed. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your taste. Can I we want, have a list of, like, what what were those... That's what, um, well, no, we can't, because you might disagree with me. I can't yeah, have that. That's right. They're I probably on your that. list, Matt. No. Yeah. But they're the ones that didn't that. make it to Bob to no listen to? Way. <laughs> no way. I'm not setting myself up for that shit. But we should do an episode Sometime that is the, the duds. Yeah, all the, all the songs review. are kind of thumb down, thumbs a, down. We'll, we'll a duds review panel sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah bring new really new guest host. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What does everybody think of these? I'm going to start us off with a little bit of a country flair, uh, knowing that Matt's a country music aficionado. This is a song from Emmy Lou Harris. This album, the song actually I'm going to play is from an album that um, surprisingly was released in 2000. Um, and this is actually the title track from that album, Red Dirt Girl. I always thought this was from an older album. I didn't realize until just recently that the album was, you know, only 20 years old, but 2000s relatively recent in, in Emmy Lou Harris's career. It was a big album for her. I'm sure it's typical of a lot of places, Nova Scotia being a, a small province where we, we're based, um, a lot of rural population, and you, you have people who... They want to get out of those small towns and, and move on and make something of their lives. And this is a story of a, of a girl who, similar to, to many people, wanted to get out of their small town, make something of her life. She had bigger ambitions and it just never happened for her. So this is Red Dirt Girl from Emmy Lou Harris.
I just really like the story that the lyric tells. Really well-crafted song. At the end, when they just talk about the fact that she lays her hammer down without a sound. You know, here's a girl who had these great plans and great dreams to move out of this small town and make something of herself. And in the end, it came to nothing, basically. There's a group called uh, First Aid Kit who does a really good cover of this song as well. I was I was tempted to play that, but I had to stick with the original from Emil Harris. So that's my song. That's a beautiful song. I loved it. A great driving track. Actually, it sort of took me back to when you played The Maker last last week by Daniel Lamois for some reason. I, it just it just has such a like consistent vibe, just a like lots of motion to it, um, and a great story as well. Awesome, awesome vocal track i don't know it just sort of shows that sometimes the simpler songs are just as good and just as powerful it feels familiar but it it also feels new to me because I've, I've probably never heard it I, I really enjoyed it i thought it was a great song yeah it's interesting you bring up the daniel Lamois point because he produced your 1995 record wrecking ball and uh, okay. uh it's i feel like the production on red dirt girl is kind of a continuation of that record and you know it's they're both uh, the whole record is amazing and that record's really incredible too so couldn't give higher thumbs up huge fan of emmy lou huge fan of that sound i'm all in yeah. when you when you say that it's interesting you say that because you do hear that daniel lanois sound in the song the the guitars i think it's the I'm not sure exactly what it, if it's a steel guitar, but it's, there's something in the back that's just has that Daniel Lanois sound to it. I know he didn't produce this album, but um, you're right; it does continue on from that previous album. Here we go. You get a thumbs up when you feel a tear in your eye. Then it's okay. It's okay to cry. I was getting ready for the last show. It was called Upbeat Tinglers. And I had a, I had a, a bunch of jams that I was going to play. And one of them was by the next artist. And I was like, this song kills. This song kills at weddings, which sounds ridiculous. This song kills at like uh, <laughs> back when I'm in my early 20s and we're going out to rock nights and stuff. And it's just always played at different parties that I go to with a bunch of friends. Interesting. And I was going to play that song by that band. And I was like, "Ah, but maybe the more interesting song is the one that I'm going to play. It's a solo record by the band's lead singer. It's from an album called Flamingo by a guy named Brandon Flowers. I think what's interesting about this track is it sort of follows up from the song that you just played, which is very um, Americana. And um, this one is all about Las Vegas. It's got an interesting story. I've been to Vegas a few times. I mean, you only have to walk around that place for a few minutes and look in people's eyes and you realize that everybody's living a different life down there. And and they're coming away with different stories. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. The majority of them are bad. And that place just takes its toll on so many different people in different ways. I remember getting this record and I don't know even why why I had it in the car, but I, I had it in the car. And this song would play once in a while. When it did, it would be in my head for, for days after. And this is a, a song called Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas by Brandon Flowers. When I'm listening to that, I, I'm picturing some kind of a musical about Las Vegas. And and that would be like sort of the the track or the, the song that leads us into the intermission, like the big act one kind of finale song. And then we go into the intermission and then maybe there's a reprise at the end of the show of that song. It's very expansive. I happen to like Broadway shows and some of those big musicals. So I, I actually like that song. I hadn't heard that one before, actually. I didn't realize that um, he had released a solo album. I guess. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple. There's another one that's actually pretty decent as well. I mean, I'm not even a huge killer. There's there's a few songs by the killers that I'm like, I really like. I'm the same. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like at all. They're an interesting band. Like they're just, they, you know, they really do. He really does embrace like mm-hmm. he, a lot of his imagery is about Vegas in, in the killers records and also in the solo stuff. And 
I've been there three times now and that's such a dark place and it's a pretty song and it's a sort of a beautiful song. And I picture like hungover, like strung out people walking along the strip who have lost everything. And that's the play. Like if you're talking about like the Broadway musical, right? it's the like disaster that has just happened to somebody in a 24 hour period. That's what I picture. And that's why that song I find interesting. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, it's a thumbs up for me. I like that song. Matty, you're up. I'm going to give it a thumbs down, Bobby. Um, I'm not a fan of the Killers. I don't like Brendan Flowers. And the the, the big plays for me on that one, um, it, was, it was better than I thought his solo stuff would be. But when he put out Sam's Town, everyone started talking about, uh, and correct me if the timeline is wrong on this, but he put out Sam's Town and everyone started talking about, oh, he sounds like Bruce Springsteen. There is this song called uh, All the Girls in Their Summer Clothes from Bruce Springsteen's record. I think it's Magic. And it's very, very similar to that song. It's one of his latter songs. If Brandon put out this song first, then I'll totally reverse this opinion. Uh, but we have, to, we have to find out now. I've got the internet. Is that a it, new Bruce Springsteen song? It came out in 2007. So you can see whenever Brendan, Brandon, whatever it is, put this song out. Uh, in terms of Tingles, no. I wouldn't say it's a bad song. Uh, it's an interesting pick um, for me personally. Yeah, Flamingo's uh, 2010. 2010. Okay, so totally stolen from Bruce Springsteen. You have, you've uncovered the theft. I'm going to have to go and listen to that. You'll love it. It's an amazing song. Uh, I have no issues with that song. It just didn't really do anything for me. That's all good. We're here to tell the truth. I I love uh, Bruce Springsteen. I've heard that comparison many, many times uh, with with even the Killers. And you know, I mean, I think what's interesting, uh, and this is not going back on the song. I still think it's a great song, and I'm going to listen to it again. But um, I think what's interesting is like from solo records, like you look at like a guy like Brandon Flowers doing a solo record, it sounds like the killers. So like if you yeah, played a, a killers if you played a killer's uh song, like you'd be like, Yeah, that's identical. It's almost identical yep. to the, the vibe and all that kind of stuff. For me, again, what did it for me was more the the uh the trips to Vegas, seeing that scene, you know, riding the elevator with with grandparents across the street who have just gone over to like the the latest Cirque du Soleil play and then like two hookers who are obviously going up to another party altogether. Like that's the story in Vegas and that's why I, I gravitate towards this song. Yeah, that's so, good context. But uh but totally I, I do like it. the imagery. I like the story behind it. Um it's it's his solo stuff again, you're right, sounds so much like the killers. It's like the Arctic monkeys. Mm. He had a he had a solo album, the lead singer. Uh, his name's escaping me right now, and, and but it's the same thing. It sounds exactly like the Arctic Monkeys. So well, who else? Like, what's the, what's the point? There's, there's others, right? Like there's so many. Well, Matthew Good. He was a he was. We did the Matthew Good. He, he was a thumbs down on one of my um, you got a thumbs one down. of our shows. Yeah, you got a thumbs down. But there, there's there's endless like uh, solo artists that aren't really doing anything different. Anyways, that is uh, a thumbs down for me to start the night. It looks like I'm not going to get track number four again. What? Are you going to cry now? Come on, cry, baby. Cry for me. Come on. I am crying. I'm crying again. (laughs) That's right. Before Ralphie punches the shit out of him. That's right. Yeah, that's right. right. If you were here right now, I'd be be ready to pound. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it'd be the same thing. You draw a little blood from Bob and he goes nuts. I was like, oh, you know, I'll play a song from Matt. He'll never have heard. He'll never have heard. And he's like, I'd never heard it before. You know Didn't what, man? For you know, man, I've heard that song before. Bruce Springsteen wrote it. And he wrote it three years before. You yeah, 1973. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, sure. Anyways, Matt, you're up. You better have something good. Okay, I'm going to make it tough for you guys to vote this one down. Uh this is by a band called Pearl Jam. So this is a, a song that was not released on any of their albums. This is called Man of the Hour. And this Man of the Hour was, I believe it won a Grammy or a Golden Globe or something along those lines for best song for a film for the movie Big Fish. Gosh, I remember yeah, that. It was a great movie. It's a, it's a great movie. This song, Who was in that? Who was in that? That was uh, <laughs> oh, Johnny Depp and Albert Finney, I believe. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it in quite a while. No, you're wrong. It was the guy from Almost Famous. 
who played the lead singer in Almost Famous. Yeah, Billy Crudup was too. Yeah, I think Johnny Depp was in it too, wasn't he? I don't think so, dude. No, I don't think so. Maybe not. I haven't seen the movie. Great movie. Great movie. Keep going. (laughs) Way to own my spot. (laughs) Um, So this song, Man of the Hour, um, I'm doing a show on Pearl Jam fans for Nowhere. And uh, I've been talking to a lot of people that have traveled all over the world to see Pearl Jam. And someone mentioned being at a show. This is one of Pearl Jam has this weird collection of songs that they very rarely play. And everyone kind of holds them as holy grails that if you're at one of the shows and you see Wash or Of the Girl or um, uh, Man of the Hour, uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very rare one. And, you know, people brag about it all over Reddit. So I went back and checked out this song and I completely forgot it existed. And it just really hit me hard. I've had a, lot, a couple of years uh, where I've lost uh, quite a few people and the tone of this song, uh, or the I guess the the core message of this song, is the idea of like the man of the man of the hour takes his final bow, and just the idea of loss, but giving someone the dignity to have that last moment where you know they're celebrated, and it's a um, a special time where you know they know that the people are thinking of them, and. Uh, you kind of go out on that high note. This song is kind of, I've been playing it over and over again, just thinking about that thought. So this is Pearl Jam with Man of the Hour. What I find really uh, fascinating about this song is uh, it's, I think the lyrics were written for the movie. I might be wrong on that one, but Eddie Vedder um, didn't have a relationship with his father. He didn't know his, who his actual father was until his father had already passed. And the bridge of this song is, and the road, the old man paved the broken seams along the way, the rusted signs left just for me kind of hinted that of like, the, the path that the father may have left that someone would have to find a lot later uh, without really knowing that the path was left for him. And then just in terms of like, you know, getting older, dealing with death as a, as a more regular thing, I just really love the sentiment as the curtain comes down. I feel that this is just goodbye for now is uh, a really kind of amazing, warm parental thought to kind of pass down to the listener so this song's really been hitting with me lately and uh thought you guys might enjoy it it was good um i i don't know that i've actually heard that song before and i've always considered myself a pretty big pearl jam fan so i'm surprised i i had hadn't heard that one or wasn't familiar with it it reminds me of um wish list mm-hmm. uh, very very similar vocal um very similar sort of stripped down sound in the song you 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 can't I can't give a thumbs down to any Pearl Jam song and the lyrical depth you know you think of some of the when when Pearl Jam came onto the scene in the early '90s with in that whole grunge wave from Seattle and th- all of the bands that that sort of uh, came to prominence at the time and how many of them are still around really Pearl, Pearl Jam is one of the few it speaks to the depth of their music. You know, it wasn't just about feedback and um, crunching guitars and, and, and loud music and moping around the stage. It's there's a lot more going on in their in their music. And and as you mentioned earlier about their live shows and the fact that they they switch up their live show playlist basically every night is is a different playlist. There's certain songs they play every night. Other times they throw in these surprise songs for their fans. And um, you know, you think about some of the bands that you know, I'll, I'll say the Beatles. The Beach Boys, U2, some of these bands that sort of have transcended decades and genres. And in the history of rock music, they're one of those bands that has stayed relevant for, what, three decades now? Basically, they're into their third decade of music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's definitely a thumbs up for me. It's it. I really love the feel of that song and the lyrics just sort of, like you said, the the, the whole story behind them. And when you, when you talk about 
Eddie Vedder in his relationship with his father brings it home even more. So um, I, I'm a thumbs up on that one. I, I haven't heard that one in a while. That's, uh, that's off the rear view mirror B-side. Is that what it, is that what it is? Uh, and it's the greatest hits uh, compilation. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great song, I and mean, Eddie's voice is just so good. I mean, and the story you tell with it, it's got some warmth and, and meaning to it. But if I had to rate all the Pearl Jam songs, uh, my top ten, I don't know if it would be in my top ten. I liked it, so I feel if I give you the the thumbs up and the the go ahead, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an easy one because it's just like oh well, it's Pearl Jam, of course, and and the story you tell makes it meaningful but i'm gonna give it a thumbs down for me tonight on the tingles okay that's where i'm going with it that's where i'm going all right geez that's matt's first uh, what are you gonna cry now come on cry baby cry for me come on cry matt just closes the computer i'll never be part of this show ever again (laughs) okay i like it I, i i liked it Matt, so I've given some thumbs down to some controversial things, and I feel like I'm going to start to get some hate mail. Don't get my address <laughs> up by the way. I feel like it's going to start filling up the inbox. I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction because uh, I think a couple of the songs so far have been on the on the slower side. This song harkens back to a previous episode, I think, where we we were playing upbeat songs, and this one is from a band called The Avalanches. They're an Australian band. Um, this is off of their 2016 album. Interestingly, their their album that was released, they were 16 years between studio albums. Um, their album in 2000 was actually voted one of the best Australian albums ever. This one, this one comes from their 2016 album. I don't really remember how I first heard this song, but I remember somehow I got onto this song and I, I saw the video. And and, and the, the video for the song is this young child is in a subway station and he only has a handful of change and he goes up to the girl at the the ticket booth and he obviously has a bit of a crush on this girl and he's like 10 or 12 and she's you know probably in her mid-20s and he has a bit of a crush on her so he decides he's going to do this little dance for her and while he's dancing the 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 guy who's actually singing in the song or or rapping in the song kind of um um, is sitting on on a bench and then he gets involved in the song it's just a fun song and the, and the video for me it's just a really fun video and that's what got me um kind of hooked on this song the song is be- is called because i'm me from the avalanches Nine gray had the shingles off the suede, the rainbow jacket, ball slang glow, Bronx is only Django. Snappy a golfer star, but that's where my pops go. That's where my pops went. See my percentage is a pennant to the planet. Knock it out the ballpark, Franklin. I should not tie this tie to a metal log. Let the wings spread. It'll always come back, baby. Come back, shellac, black, baby. A comeback, flat, black paint on the Chevy. The young child is talking about because I'm me, and then both at the beginning of the song and then sort of halfway through the song, you have that um, I'll call it the chorus, and then when they kick into the into the verse again, and it's sort of um, whatever recording technique they're using, you guys know more about it than I do, where the this the uh, sound sort of fades off into the background and then bang, it hits you with the chorus again. Um, that's those are the parts of the song that really draw me into it. So. Um, just a, a, again, it's a fun song. A lot of stuff going on in that song. A lot of sampling going on. There's probably, I, I don't know, I, I'd have to look and see, but I would say there's there's several different genres and 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 um, samples being sampled at the same time in that song. So uh, I just um, like that whole um, flow from the chorus into the verse. I think is what really draws me into that song. Mm-hmm. Maddie, what are you thinking? I loved it. I I don't have much to say really. It's just a really joyful song. I loved the uh, the kids singing at the beginning. How it's kind of brought back through. And I'm just a big fan of any uh, kind of like audio collaging with not being too precious about the sound quality. So Mm -hmm, the fact that that kind of dips in and out, it was just a really fun thing to listen to. So I think that's what I like about it as well. Like you said, it it dips out sort of. Um, almost fades out and then they hit you again with the verse and uh, you can tell that the verse is being recorded o- over top of samples essentially mm-hmm. yeah but i really like the way it works 
Yeah. Well, how do you feel, Bob? Do you think this is something that you would pretend that you found on your own? Or? <laughs> Actually, it's already on my playlist. I, uh, I'm, sure I've, I'm sure I've listened to this so many times before. Uh, no, I, I really like it. Without getting into like the technical details about, you know, about the song or the lyrics or anything, this song for me is like the one that I would run around the block to. It's going to drive me forward when I'm doing like the morning run or whatever. Like it, that's the part of the tingles that for me, this song is perfectly like in line with. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was a great track. I think it's a good selection. I'd love to see how they recorded it. I'd love to see all the, like, like the little like intricacies that went into creating it. Cause it really does have this distorted sort of overdriven tube sound on, on that sample, which is just so fun. One of the things not to, to rag on my own song, what I liked about Red Dirt Girl, and I wouldn't have heard it otherwise, was the difference in engineering and sort of production value in, in the sense that the Red Dirt Girl really had like a lot of breathing space and like real room to it, whereas the Brandon Flowers song felt really produced. And I think that's also an interesting thing to note going through this. Even though a song sounds good, when it's held up to another song, it might lack some of the qualities that uh, that other song has. When you feel a tear in your eye Then it's okay, it's okay to cry I'm going to go with um, with a song by an artist who has been a part of a few different groups. There's a couple songs actually on the list that I would lean towards in this space. If I'm chilling on a vacation, I lean into these two songs. There is a song... <laughs> by um by blur called sweet song that i would choose from matt knows think tank and then there's another song that's been become popular in my house uh called on melancholy hill and matt is laughing he's like i know this song and you i knew this is what was coming <laughs> so i think i i love uh i haven't listened to a ton of gorillas beyond plastic beach but in terms of a, a great record and like a really interesting listen it's a great listen. I don't know. Sometimes there's 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 bands or, or artists or, or whatever that have put out records that I've become obsessed with. And for, for, for no real reason, I haven't gone on to their other records, which may be just as good. But I love the sound of the song. I think the, the, the keyboards are, are uh, beautiful. Uh, they got like a, a shimmer to them that's really unique and interesting. And they go through the entire piece. And obviously, Damon Albarn's voice is is awesome. This is on Melancholy Hill by Gorillaz. The cold and the suffering and the world will go Does anybody know If we're looking out on the day of another dream Yeah, I, I like that song. I like the way the um, the lyrics are, or not the lyrics, but the vocals. It, record, it almost sounds like they're recorded through um, paper towel roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he's, yeah. so he's talking like this. So many songs have that pattern where they, they kind of start that way and then they expand the vocals. It's it's a predictable pattern, but the way they, they decided to keep the, the vocals that way through the whole song, it sort of fits with the music. It, it actually mean, makes the music take more precedent than the vocals. But you're right, the music in the song itself, the um, the actual musical composition is really um, um, erythral. I, like, I don't know that I've actually heard that song before by them. I've heard a lot of other stuff. I shouldn't say a lot. I've heard other Gorilla stuff, and I haven't been a big fan. Some of the things I've heard, I've sort of tuned them out a bit, but I actually like that song. So now I'm thinking I was actually just looking on my playlist here if I should go back and look at some more Gorilla stuff. If there's more like that, I'm interested. There may, there may be. I think it would stand out. I, I'm not sure, Matt. Maybe you know more than I do. I, um, I think I just read now, actually, that he wrote it for the good, bad, the, the good, the bad, and the queen when they were writing that record for, for a different artist completely or a different group completely. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that one just resonates with me. I still love it. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably closest to the Think Tank stuff. Um, there's uh, Out of Time, Sweet Song, 
and there's one other song there's kind of like a trilogy on that record of really beautiful little tunes and they all kind of feel in sentiment like this this is more produced like the gorillas kind of stuff um it does not sound like the, the good, bad, and the ugly record at all. No, it does. The good, the bad, and the queen, right? It's a good, good, bad, and the queen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's, it's a fascinating record too. But um, yeah, I'm a huge Damon Albarn fan. I love this song and you've always stuck by this one. I've liked it. It's been a, it's kind of like a, very definitive Bob song, I find. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. You, you like you like um, that kind of like optimistic sadness in your songs. Yeah, it's yeah. A, like a happy sadness. It's always what I found kind of resonant in a lot of your taste. And I think uh, this is a great one. I, I'm just like, he's such a fascinating writer and such a fascinating arranger. And what I love about Damon is he like has a tiny office in London that he goes to and he works nine to five writing songs every day. He's not a rock star at all. And if you watch the Blur documentary about their reunion, like they're very, very strange people. Like they're not cool. They don't seem to like each other. Even Damon seemed like he was intolerable for most of his career in yeah. that band. Yeah, absolutely. I was never, I like Britpop, but I was never a Blur fan. I found, I don't know, I found them a bit pretentious or something. There was something about them I just didn't like. And it was, a lot of it was his attitude. Just um, yeah. any live performances I saw of them, even their, their music videos, it was kind of like, nah, I don't know, I don't love this guy. And I think that might be one of the reasons why I never really got into Gorillaz very much. The, maybe it was because of the the couple of songs that you, you would have heard maybe on, on the radio or that were a little bit more mainstream just didn't do it for me. If there's deeper tracks that have that kind of depth to them, I definitely want to go back and check some of that stuff out. Yeah, there's moments for sure, but I would say... Uh... You would kind of have to really mine through the the gorilla stuff to find much more like that. Okay, uh, but there's yeah. there's definitely blur later in their uh, catalog that uh, kind of have the same sentiment as that one. So, yeah, that's the, a thumbs up, Bob. That's, that's a thumbs, thumbs up, up, despite yeah. your thumbs Another down. Another one. The other song I was thinking of, of, even for Blur, was was like the Universal. There's there's stuff in the Blur catalog too that's just so pretty and so well orchestrated. Yeah, and yeah, and Universal's I think a great song. I don't know. They've just got, he's just got such a spectrum of. Yeah. Well, uh, that's when he really took over. Cause thank, think tank t- came out when he was Graham Coxon was leaving the band. So Graham Coxon, I think only plays on one song on that record, ah. but even with sweet song, that was actually written by the bass player. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Honestly, like if I could play that, if I could play more songs, I'd play that one next. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. I'm surrounding myself in beer cans right now. <laughs> They're just it's like, everywhere. It's like those old, um, remember the, the Castle of Coke they used to build in the parking lot at <laughs> Mac Mall? And, and Brian Phillips would lock himself in an RV with, with pounds of cocaine and, and have this Castle of Coke built around and that's Bob with his beer cans. <laughs> that's what I feel like right now, man. I feel like that right now. Matt, are you? Is this your second song? Yes. Yeah, second song, and luckily, guys, I brought the greatest song of all time. Oh my god! Okay, um, <laughs> great. Well, let's just give it a thumbs up now. And we'll move I on. Just have to wait an episode and I have to bring it out. So here's the deal. This is uh, Glenn Campbell's Wichita Lineman, and it, this song is written by Jimmy Webb. Um, Jimmy Webb has this amazing ability to write these incredibly epic <laughs> songs about tiny little details. So yep. MacArthur Park. Yeah, a song about a cake being left out in the rain and how heartbreaking that is for the person that made the cake and how he'll never be able to make a cake as good again. If you listen to Waylon Jennings' version of that, it sounds like this epic disaster. And the listener, after kind of getting over what they're actually woeing about, uh, is totally wrapped in this. This song... Uh, kind of MacArthur Park is beautiful. I love the song. I love Waylon Jennings' version of it. Wichita Lineman somehow it infuses this like '70s soap opera kind of feeling. It's a song about a guy that's just works on the electrical lines, makes sure that the maintenance is taken care of, and the assumption you make is that he's fallen in love recently. 
And he's just kind of like working on the line, trying to think of excuses to skip out on work to go see the person that he's in love with. And then it's just kind of like that back and forth of being so infatuated with someone that every part of your mundane job is a reminder of their presence and uh, what you hope to experience the next time you see them. And then they come up with this line that's, but I want you more than I need you, but I need you for all time, which I think is the most romantic, beautiful line that's ever been written. So this is Glenn Campbell's version of Jimmy Webb's Wichita Lineman. And I need you more than want you. Can't say enough about that song. I mean, how much of a story you can pack into, what was that, like three minutes? You can picture the house that the person that he's singing about lives in and the strip that he's working on, uh, fixing the electrical lines. And even if you really pay attention while he's singing about, like, I can hear you in the wires or whatever that line is, there's this weird kind of like high frequency to kind of play off it. Like it's, it's kind of the most beautiful version of high camp that I've ever heard in a song where it's just, it's like, it's a small life. Like it, it's just, uh, it's not this grand epic heartbreak or, um, you know, like over the top uh, storytelling. It's just two people that are really in love and uh, what that makes you feel like in the middle of a day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jimmy Webb just knows how to spin that into something so grand. Uh, this is a beautiful song. I love the arrangement. I love the writing. Wow. Glenn Campbell is obviously a brilliant singer and uh, really love, uh, he's famous for his uh, like a six string bass guitar or something they used to play and you can hear it uh, used really well on this. Right right off the bat, you got the, the, the bass bum, 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 bum that opens the song. <laughs> and um, Glenn Campbell, of course, um, again, my affinity for Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, Glenn Campbell, actually, when Brian had his first nervous breakdown, Glenn was brought in. He was a studio musician and, and played as part of the Wrecking Crew, um, who were famous, of course, for playing with uh, Phil Spector at first. And then Brian Wilson actually used them in, in the Pet Sounds and Smile sessions and I think Summer Days, Summer Nights. And Glenn Campbell played in the Wrecking Crew and was actually brought in to actually replace Brian on some of their live shows. Um, as a member of the Beach Boys. And mm-hmm. in return, Brian wrote a song for him called Guess I'm Dumb, which Glenn sung and is a, a, a nice song in its own right. I really like Glenn Campbell. I love that song. I love Jimmy Webb and Glenn Campbell together. Galveston is probably my favorite song um, by Jimmy Webb and with Glenn Campbell's sing- singing vocals on that song. Um, and Glenn Campbell, I don't know if you've seen any of the, I'm sure you have seen some of the YouTube videos of him playing guitar he is a fantastic guitar player mm-hmm. like his guitar playing ability he was a fantastic musician like you know you people think of him more of rhinestone cowboy and and some of those songs but as a musician in his own right he was a, a fabulous musician and i mean i i was as soon as you mentioned the song the hairs on the back of my neck went up so i mean i have to give you a thumbs up on that song because i love the song love jimmy webb Love Glenn Campbell and that combination together. You can't go wrong. It's pretty great. And Galveston is uh, actually, I believe, the sequel uh, to this song. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's the same character singing it, if I'm okay. remembering right. Yeah. And he's off heading off to the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yep. That's a great song, man. I don't know. I don't know what to, what else to say about it. You guys know a lot more of the details than I do. The string arrangements are so mm-hmm. good. Mm. That that right alone just just got me. Like I I, I love that stuff. I, I when it, when it's right, you know, it's totally fucking right. I and just love that string ar- arrangement. Just reminds me of like it's it's like mash or there's something yeah. definitively <laughs> like seventies AM cable TV. Like I just uh, love it. 
it's just really it's so good it's so good and like i think we've had a few songs on the show now that where the string arrangements are just when when they're real and they're right and they're done like by the right person and, and they're crafted around the song as opposed to sort of an afterthought you can really tell that is absolutely one of those songs that's beautiful I, I i've never heard that before that's going on my list for sure it was really really good great song thanks maddie awesome. yeah that was that was a, a really good choice um, glad you guys liked it I, i'm sure you'll hear some glenn campbell on, on some of our future shows <laughs> when you feel a tear in your eye then it's okay it's okay to cry so yeah, so I'm next. So I was, uh, man, it's getting tough to decide where to go with this stuff, but this is sort of in the same vein, I guess, as we've sort of had a bit of a country feel to the show tonight. If you consider Glenn Campbell, we had uh, Emmy Lou Harris. I- I'm going to go with a song by an artist um, who goes by the name of Bonnie Prince Billy. And this song is off of his album, Greatest Palace Music, which was released in 2004. As far as I know, the song itself was actually a late 90s song. And what he did in 2004 with his Greatest Palace Music is he took a bunch of his early songs and he, as he, I think as he became more uh, popular and more well-known, he took some of his early songs and sort of freshened them up for, for his new fans. And so this is one of the songs that he um, re-recorded on this album, Greatest Palace Music. Uh, the song is called West Palm Beach. And it's basically a, a song about a guy hanging around in West Palm Beach, Florida. It, it has a bit of a, of a um, Jimmy Buffett vibe to it a little bit in that he's sort of hanging around the beach. His grandmother takes care of him because her, her son died. So she sort of projects all of that onto him. It's just one of those... Um, Songs has a has a nice kind of laid back vibe to it, and uh, I really like it. So let's let's play it. It's um, West Palm Beach by Bonnie Prince Billy. And now his ghost is a rising host above the briny blur. Well, I would that soon some maid would swoon and his soul would capture her. He's still a fine kid, what with all that he did, he's a fan of mine. Really like that song. Um, the part that I, I find where I would always get the feels was when she he says, um, again, talking about his grandmother looking after him. She's been nice to me since 73 when her son lost his lights. And that part always kind of gives me the the chills. And then, I don't know, there's there's something about the vibe of that song. I really like the world-weary voice. It has that Wasting Away in Margaritaville theme to it, but a little bit more gritty than Margaritaville. That's my pick. I'm a huge uh, Wilden fan. I really like that. I don't know if I've actually heard that tune before. And it, it really kind of reminded me of this movie I love called Beach Bum. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, That's uh, Matthew McConaughey, right? Yeah, I've watched it several oh, yeah? times. That's really okay. great. Yeah, it's a fantastic. It's fascinating movie because it it feels like uh, the music that scores it um, makes it a happy film. But if you had sadder music, it would be a very depressing film. <laughs> it's just that they kind of augment these really strange destructive behaviors of this person with all this like old Hollywood kind of uh, orchestral scores and it makes it seem delightful, mm-hmm. but it's actually quite a dark film. Bonnie Prince Billy, uh, Palace Brothers, Will Oldham, whatever he's going by, similar to Willie Nelson, where he really makes interesting choices with his own catalog and what he does with it. And uh, there's been some live records where he's taken very slow songs and made them fast. And I was aware of this record, which I hadn't heard yet, where he kind of like took uh, old kind of slower hits and made them more of like upbeat kind of country numbers. So this is great to hear. I really liked it a lot. It's a good, yeah, it's a good choice. Again, I don't know a lot about, yeah, I think that's a, this is a field that you guys spend more time in than I do, but I, I really, I really enjoyed the song. The same with the last couple songs, actually. Um, and I can't, I can't think of anything bad to say about it. I, it's just a beautiful sort of little piece and a great story. Uh, something I'll probably go back and listen to again. So yeah, good choice. Good choice, Mike. You're getting a thumbs up. I got when you feel a tear oh, in yeah, your you eye. 
from you. Then it's okay. <laughs> I got one from you. <laughs> it's okay to cry. Yeah, LGC rivalries. There's, there's yeah. definitely some <laughs> yeah, rivalries going right. on. I'm sounds tr- like, this sounds like a behind the music, a VH1 <laughs> yeah. behind the music show. And then it all fell apart. And then it all fell apart, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm really torn right now um, where to go with this because it feels like it's gone down a sort of like a country road, which is awesome. And I've got one lined up that's in the country spectrum, but I'm also sort of like, fuck it. Let's do something different. So, Break it out. I think I'm going to do something different. I don't really know what to say about this act. A lot of their stuff comes out as instrumental. And I think maybe that's what I'm learning about myself is is I'm maybe drawn towards more of instrumentation of a song, more so than lyrical content. That's just sort of where my mind goes. I'm just listening to the song as a whole as opposed to like getting into it. And uh, I don't know why. But that's just that's just where I go. So if it's got great instrumentation, then I seem to sort of gravitate towards it. And the lyrics sort of come secondary, maybe. So the song I'm going to play is called Under the Sun. It's called it's by a band called Div. I love it. I think it's a great song. It's one of the songs that I would throw on if uh, again, back to like the running mornings and just getting out, getting on the street and just moving. And this song is one of the ones that does it for me. So this is uh, Under the Sun. That's Under the Sun by Dive. And yeah, it's got a bunch of things in there. There's like, I don't know. I, you guys don't even want to know what was on my list. I was about to go into Into the Mystic by Van <laughs> I was about to play that song and I was like, no, I'm going to play something different. I, I love this song. I feel like it's got it's got a bit of a cure in it. It's got all these like shoegaze and sort of sort of dream pop sounds. I just I think it's a it's a wicked song. And again, it's not so much about the lyrics. It's about the atmosphere that sort of drives me forward. And, and it's a it's a beauty for me. That is under the sun. When you mentioned the cure, that's exactly who I was thinking of. It's very much like um, boys don't cry, maybe kind of the same feel as Boys Don't Cry. A little bit Elvis Costello-y too, maybe a little bit. It still has that same vocal arrangement that we heard in um, some of the previous songs like Doves, like that same sort of, uh, I don't know how you describe it, but like the vocals are almost echoey a little yeah. bit in the, yeah. in, the, in the song. Now, having said that, I did like that song. Um, I'm not 100% sure I got the feels from that song. I like it. I got to think about it a little bit. Matt, you sell me on that song. Again, I, I can't, I don't think. Uh, this band I've been aware of and I've listened to all their records. I would love to own all their guitar pedals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, it, it's just part of like a bigger thing where I think there's a lot of bands right now that have a lot of access to great references. And I don't know if they're exceeding those references. So if you think of that song compared to something like the Stone Roses is, uh, uh, she's a waterfall. I think it's mm-hmm. like yeah, something like that. Like this is, uh, I just think that like the skeleton is in place, uh, but I don't think it has those kind of emotional heights. I, I like a lot of this song. I would happily listen to it. I don't know if it gives me tingles. It gives me the tingles, and that's all that really matters. Well, no, you know what? That's that's no, not it's not all that matters. Not on this Actually, show. It's not, not all, all that matters. I, I still like it. I think there's. Uh, I think you're right, though. I mean, I think it's it's one of many probably in this genre that keep making good music. There's so many in that space that um, that you could probably take a song and be like, "Hey, I'll throw this one up there." I like a lot of them. I don't know. It's just that that sound. It's like the yeah, like, I get it. Sort of dreamy, atmospheric big mm-hmm. sound and it's not like it's the only one i mean i could throw one up right now from youth lagoon and be like i love this song like you know there's a bunch of of, of things in this genre that would be that would still fit in that space and i think that's just what does it for me and maybe it's it is for other people as well but um i appreciate the honest feedback that's a thumbs down though today it's got a big big boo coming at you 
What, are you gonna cry now? Come on, cry, baby. Cry for me. Come on. Cry. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know what? One day I'll just make my own show with all my own songs. Songs that I like. Nobody else likes. That's fine. Um, no. <laughs> I want to tell you about a songwriter I love called Jimmy Webb. Yeah, yeah. I know. You know no, it, I think that was a good pick. It was an interesting pick. It was. Yeah, I, I wanted to get it out of the space that we were in. And because I think, I feel like I could have played a song. I had I had America by Simon and Garfunkel queued up. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, that would have gotten a vote out. Yeah. Uh, totally. <laughs> totally. I had Into the Mystic by Van Morrison queued up. And I think yeah. both of those would have been. I also had Annie's song because I think it's a beautiful song by John Denver. All those in that space, I was like, those could fit in there. I wanted to throw something different. Mm-hmm. Was- it was a good effort. Yeah. There you go. Rock and roll. Yeah. So who's up? I think it's me. Holy shit. You got Matt. this is your track number. Uh, this is it? Number three of the night. Number three. So, Here's an interesting one. An artist, I don't know if I've ever heard another song by her. Actually, that's not true. I have listened to other songs by her. I don't remember a single other song by her. I know that at a certain point, she dated the lead singer of Mumford Sons, which I'm not comfortable with at all. Um, <laughs> Why? Were you hoping to date the lead singer of Mumford? I was really, Mumford, Mr. I Mumford? had my eyes on Frank Mumford or whatever. <laughs> a lot of people um, did. A lot of people do. A lot of people I, I, This record kind of, I think it was like the end of blogs having a big uh, influence on what I listened to. And I feel like this song came to me through something uh, it was probably Aquarium Junker or something like that. And uh, it's Laura Marling's Sophia. And I just feel like this is an incredible song that's another incredible. Uh, have you guys heard this song before? No. Before we get into it? No. Okay. I don't know if I've heard this song. No. Interesting. Well, the arrangement is incredible. And the song is called Sophia. And then it will just build and build. And your your show is called The Tingles. And. When she gets back to saying the title of the song, Sophia, again, that every time I hear the song, I I feel that. I feel like the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because there's been so many interesting choices along the way in the arrangement of the song and uh, and the lyrical choices, everything that's there. It's a beautiful song. So this is Laura Marling's Sophia. I'm wounded by dust Oh, I have been wondering Where I have been pondering Where I've been lately There's no concern of you Sophia by Laura Marling. I just really think it's just a really beautiful song. I think there's some amazing messages in that song. It just builds and builds and builds. The lyrics are incredibly interesting. And it uses so many organic uh, orchestral touches to uh, to reach those heights. And uh, just really fascinating arrangement and composition. What do you guys think? I liked it. Go for Um, it. The first two minutes, maybe, of the song, I was like, okay, this isn't really going anywhere. And then all of a sudden, like you mentioned, it just kicks into the whole, everything sort of uh, hits at once. And she kicks into the chorus, I think, there when she starts singing the, the, the theme of the song, Sophia. Um, I like that part of the song. I'm not sure I got the feels from the song. I like it. I think it's one of those songs I need to listen to again. It was it was interesting. I'm just not sure I was getting the same vibe that you were in terms of of the feels from it. I liked it. There's a weird a bunch of weird things that came to mind when I was listening to it. One was a bit of Bell and Sebastian at the beginning. There's a guitar oh, part that comes in. I was like, oh, yeah, God, that mm-hmm. sounds a lot like Bell and Sebastian. Like yeah. there was just this 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 time. Uh, then I started listening a lot to like the layers of guitars. I don't know if there was a felt like there was a twelve string and like endless acoustic guitars on top of each other which i thought was beautiful and and again another nice thing about the production was that nothing felt muted it was all it was all there and then towards the end i was like it feels like a nursery rhyme or something it felt like <laughs> it felt like the the cadence of the vocals 
was like the kind of things that you'd you'd hear school kids singing in the backyard, which I right. which was which was interesting to me as well. So I I got a lot out of it. I really I really liked it more more so than I, I thought I would. Again, for me, more about the cadence, more about like the the arrangements, the strings, the guitars, and then just a, a few throwbacks to some other just sort of tasty sounds that I I liked. Um, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up, Mike. You're you gotta you gotta make the final call here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm on the fence with it. I, I musically I did like the song. I, I picked out exactly Matt what you mentioned about the fact that it, it sort of kicks into a certain point, builds towards that point. I I did catch Bob what you're talking about, but the guitars layering that cadence, the nursery rhyme cadences. That's that's a great analogy for it. But I just don't know if I can give it a thumbs up for me. No tingles. No tingles. Okay. It didn't right. really okay. do it for me tonight. <laughs> it's okay. I can't. All I wanted to like it. I mean, I wanted it to. I like it. I wanted it to give me the tingles, but I don't know that it did. I get it. I get it. That's okay. Well, you know, that puts, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tally up the scores. Mike, you get the final song of the evening. Uh, well, I appreciate the honor. Thank you both um, for stowing this honor on me. Um, huge honor. I like to thank. I like to it's thank all the little honor. people up in the, the, the balcony. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with this next song. Actually, we should give Matt the official thumbs down. I guess on that last song. Oh, sorry, Matt. Listen, I, you know, if it wasn't for my my the cold hearted, yeah, here. no, I get it. Me being an yeah, asshole. Sorry. What are you gonna cry now? Come on, cry, baby, cry for me. Come on, cry. That's our first guest. Nobody's ever gonna want to come on this. Show. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is gonna come on. We're so harsh. God. Uh, well, do you know what? It's, Cuts it's, them down right at the end. Cuts them. Down. It's all about the the the, the feels and the, and so you know what? Um, Matt's gonna go go away with some feelings. Yeah, yeah you know what? Conflicted feelings. Yeah, I think I, I, you, you know may what? need some therapy after this show. <laughs> a little bit of therapy, Matt. As everybody's heard now, you've given me a lot of uh, a lot of songs over the last twenty years of my life, and you've given some some great ones here tonight. And I think we should give a a good mention to that, uh, Michael, because there's probably yes. three or four or five songs over the last little while. Let's say, hey, because of, for the sake of editing this podcast, you've given us a few good songs here tonight. I appreciate uh, uh, the newness of them. There, mm-hmm. I've never heard most of these. so There are several that I hadn't heard before, e- either the artist or the song from that artist. So as I mentioned earlier, a few of them I've actually added to my playlist live as we've been going through these. So um, so that's definitely been a, a benefit. And Bob, I guess we'll give him one of our, our T-shirts. And you got to get those made. Yeah, we'll, we'll sign something for you, our poster. That's very exciting, guys. Yeah, Thanks. very exciting. Thanks so much. We'll send you. A, we'll send you a link to some of our our playlists. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's <laughs> the producer of the show. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Link that's you, may, you may want a couple links to our playlists. Yeah, okay. You know, about two years ago, maybe three years ago, now I was at a charity auction, and um, someone was was had auctioned off this. Um, I didn't realize at the time I bought it, but it's a Junior uh, Epiphone electric guitar. And nobody had bid on it. So at the very end, I said, well, if nobody's going to bid on it, I'll just give you like kind of the starting bid. So the lady was very appreciative. Um, but I have no idea how to play guitar. So I have a, this electric guitar sitting here in my living room. And you know what? I'll, I'll allow you as, as the parting gift here to teach me how to play that guitar. There you go. <laughs> so... Oh, it happily, happily. Yeah. Just, just a small thing. Just yeah, small. <laughs> I just need the, the holy trinity of rock and roll. Bow, bow, bow. If you could teach me that, I'll be, I'll be grateful. Hey, you want to start with smoke on the water? Yeah, okay. we'll start with the, that. All right, we'll set up some Zoom chats. That's yeah. <laughs> Bob, you can pick up your guitar off the wall. We'll do this here. together. It's yeah. over here. It's over here. Uh, I thought you were going to pull the, the Paul McCartney clock off the wall. It ba- oh no, that's that's over there. It 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 barely moves that guitar. Although my birthday's coming up, I'm going to get an acoustic guitar. I'm going to try and learn a few more chords. Guitar man, it's just it's just elusive for me. I can't I can't. I've put in some time, but not enough time. Did you but know I, that all the same chords are on the electric to the acoustic? Hey, listen. You don't gotta be a smart ass, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not hundred percent the same chords. It's not that, Matt. It's the commitment. It's I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't <laughs> fucking commit. I, I it's easier. Actually, it's easier to play the electric than the acoustic guitar. I'll tell you that. You well, need more commitment what, to do the 
the opposite of what you're describing. Yeah, but, <laughs> to go know, in the opposite direction. <laughs> I, I never said it was actually going to. I just, you know, I'd like to have a guitar that I could sit around a campfire and play a couple songs. The sure. first song that I, I learned was um, your friend's, uh, your friend Pearl Jam, your friend's Pearl Jam. And mm-hmm. Good pals. Yeah, good pals with Pearl Jam. <laughs> I tried, you're good pals. I'm trying to remember the song. I can't remember the song right now. Did you know Eddie? Eddie Elderly Bender Woman. Is, Elderly Woman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song to learn. Yeah, yeah it's a great song. I feel Daughter's like another good. good one. Better Man's pretty easy. Yeah, you know what? If you had to put any of those earlier, I would have given you a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> you might have won this episode. I was coming in from the outside. I That's like true. the B-sides. You did, you did yeah. well. You did yeah. well. I was, I'm pleased. <laughs> yep. So I guess I'm up for the final song. And I was debating which way to go with this song because I wasn't really sh- I didn't know I was going to. When I should have known I was going to win with the picks I played tonight, but um, I should have been prepared. I should have been prepared for this, but uh, I wasn't. So, Matt, do you want to just hang up now? I don't, we don't need to listen. To this. Yeah, I'll just I'll just continue <laughs> on. Stick around, See folks. You get, another, you get another four hours of my ego uh, playing music. You can listen to your own songs. I'm done. Yeah, that's right. It's just me and my ego. I'm going to go with something a little bit more. It's upbeat. I saw these guys in concert about, uh, I think it was two years ago now. I took my eldest daughter, her grade 12 graduation gift, I guess. Um, we went to Toronto because um, this band, the 1975, is, is her favorite band. I didn't really have high expectations going into the show. I actually really liked the concert. They, they were really good live. She's going to kill me for saying this, but some of their music is a bit pretentious. I don't, I don't love all of their stuff, but this is one of their early songs and... There are several versions of the songs of this song, similar to to many bands, um, will often release a song and then um, sort of perfect it over over a course of a number of albums as they sign with different labels and so on. This song is um, was from their. This is actually from their EP, one of their EPs. Um, this version of the song, I should say, and this is from the 1975, and the song is called Sex. wasn't sure like i said which direction to go with with the show i just thought it'd end with something a little bit more rocky um so that was from there that's the ep version of the song from nine uh, from 1975 the album was released in 2013 they re-recorded that song for their studio album called the 1975 but i think we were talking earlier in the show um sometimes uh, those re-recording of the song get a little bit overproduced, and and I find the the actual album version, the 19, uh, from the album, the 1975, is a bit overproduced from that song. That one just has a nice raw feel to it. Um, you know, the basic story is this guy is is hooking up with a girl uh, who has a boyfriend. What I like about the song is how he sort of he's justifying the fact that he, he he's saying we might as well just fuck, and she wants to just give him head, and he's saying, well, she got a boyfriend anyway, you know, and that that's sort of the ref- the, the refrain. In the song, he's justifying this because, well, she's got a boyfriend anyway. It doesn't matter. Picture this guy being a, a, an up-and-coming rock star. Um, and he's probably got lots of women around, lots of groupies around. And, uh, and, and so he's sort of justifying this fact that he's going to um, probably hook up with one of them by saying, well, she's got a boyfriend anyway. And she's, she's still willing, so what the hell? <laughs> what the heck? Uh, I think it's interesting to listen to this after what we've listened to previously in terms of like the production. I think we went even going back to the Brandon Flowers song and just sort of hearing the production value on that and then hearing the production value on this. You know, I don't notice that as much until now and how much that starts to bug me a little bit. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when, you hear, when you hear like something that feels real and authentic, um, that you know, maybe recorded in a real room with a real band, with a real with real sounds around the space. This, for me, having played in, and I'm not, I'm, I'm sure they didn't do it in GarageBand, and I'm sure they didn't do it in Logic or like some of these like, you know, studio spaces that you can set up in your in your bedroom. The drums feel ma- like manufactured and sort of robotic. They don't feel real. Um, mm-hmm. 
and so for me, I start to dismiss it a little bit because of that anyways. Like I, I'm like, oh, I've heard that beat on a, um, and then and lyrically, I don't get a ton out of it. I've heard the 1975. I feel it's a bit manufactured. It feels a little bit sort of stale and, and robotic uh, that I don't love it. I feel like I can't speak to it properly. It's a, an aesthetic that I'm just not super keen on. I don't know the bands to reference that it kind of sounds like in my head. I've checked out 1975 before and always kind of wondered why they're always at the top of like the best of 2018-19 lists and people really love them and all put on whenever they put out a new record and just never really be drawn to it. So I feel like I, I'm not into it, but it's, it's just kind of maybe a blind spot for me in terms of style um, where, you know, someone would come along like and totally get that tune and be super into it. For me, uh, it just, uh, it, it's not that I, I feel like there's like issues or resonating dissonance or something like that of like, this is just wrong or this is bad. I just feel like uh, it's just a style that um, doesn't really hit with me to give me the tingles, as they say. I think that's a good place to close it. I think that tra- there's probably a few people out there that got the tingles listening to it. So there's a, there's a broad spectrum of, of tunes that, that do it for people and, and some that don't. What, are you going to cry now? Come on, cry, baby. Cry for me. Come on, cry. Uh, what I like about this is every once in a while, you know, if I get uh, maybe two or three or four songs out of a listening session that I've never heard before, I'm pretty pumped. That's pretty sweet. Like I'll be able to go back and listen to some of these again and 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 feel like I've almost achieved something in a yep. sense that, you know, I didn't have to go digging through record bins to find those songs. They're not all going to be total, total winners, but there's, there's going to be a few that are going to resonate and, and sit. Uh, so appreciate that matt it's been fun having you on on the show it's been a pleasure i've really enjoyed this well we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to bring you back um you know and when we're talking shit about the producer and stuff and we we don't we don't want you to think that you know it's directly (laughs) going towards (laughs) you but we do at the same time no just let me let me tune in and be a, a silent participant Yeah, we'll see you guys. uh, We'll see you in the future. And thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, that would suggest you've enjoyed it, which is awesome. Please do us a solid and review it or share it with your music buddies and anyone who may be interested in a lighthearted review of some of the songs that have impacted so many over the years. Until next time, keep tingling.